This podcast is part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. Head over to flickeringmyth.com for more information and more shows like it. And head over to youtube.com forward slash flickeringmyth to subscribe to the Flickering Myth movie show. Now, on with the podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Flickr and Myth Review Movie Podcast. I hope you are very well and enjoying the start of a brand new week. Uh, my name is Scott Davis and uh, I am joined as ever by my lovely co-host, the mercurial Mr. Morby, Rowan Morby. How are you, sir? I'm well. Thank you for another lovely introduction, Scott. I try. I try. I try. You know, it's always nice. It's always nice to be nice. <laughs> Uh, uh, how are you, sir? How was your How was your weekend? Recording this on a Monday. How was your weekend? Um, yeah, pretty good. Um, I think what I did, even though it was only two days ago, uh, not much. I met up with a friend. There's a new FOP has opened in Oxford. Oh, long thank last. You. Thank so you. I, <laughs> I was in there. I, uh, I bought uh, five Blu-rays in there. So that'll tie me over till next weekend <laughs> um, it'll be like for me it'll be like um, it'll be like Edge of Tomorrow I'll just be in this constant <laughs> loop of going in buying something and then reset going in, but as if you know as if I never ended up uh, spending all that money but um, the best Groundhog Day you could ever have that sounds like yeah it's kind of been my Groundhog Day for the last 10 years to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> anything, the only thing you're missing with that is the lovely uh, shopping in the lovely FOP is a staff discount, which I have over you, I guess. So, you know, you do. peaks and troughs. But then you have more money than me, so it, doesn't, it balances out, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and of course, you've been in the cinema, Rowan, as have I. Hmm. Uh, to and talk that's, about. Uh, that's what we're here to talk about. That's right? what we're here to do. That's what we're always here to do. Uh, to talk about this week's big releases in the UK. Two big releases uh, in the UK this week. Uh, the return of Jason Bourne in the aptly titled jason bourne um the fourth matt damon jason bourne movie the fifth in the franchise uh because obviously jeremy renner hadn't had a stab at it and nothing really happened from that so they brought matt damon back they dragged him out of uh out of the water at the end of the porn ultimatum uh to get him back in the uh in the fist fights and the, and the gun fights and all the rest of it uh and also uh the return of uh, another person in the form of dory in Finding Dory, uh, another Pixar sequel, uh, the sequel to Finding Nemo, uh, which has been 13 years. Can you believe 13 years? Uh, as I told the director when I interviewed him, I had hair the last time. <laughs> it was a Finding Nemo. Uh, now I that's a, long, that's a long time ago. Then. 13 years, yeah, yeah. Sadly, now I don't. <laughs> anyway, we're going to uh, give our thoughts on those two movies. Uh, Rowan, which one would you like to dissect first? Um, let's. Let's do Jason Bourne. Let's get a Jason Bourne. First. Let's do the biggest one. That was out first. That was out on Wednesday. Yeah. Dory was out on Friday. Only fair. Chronological. Let's go. Uh, so uh, Jason Bourne, directed by Paul Greengrass and starring Matt Damon. Uh, before we delve in here, as ever, is a quick clip from the film. Bourne, my name is Heather Lee. I'm not in charge here. I wasn't here when you went missing. I can see you going through the old Treadstone files. Retracing your history. 
or something. Let me help you find it. Give me that phone. Yes, sir. Jason, this is Robert Dewey. Do you remember me? Jason, your dad was a patriot. He could see the threats that America was facing, and like you, he chose to serve his country out of a profound sense of duty. He would not want to see you harm the agency. You have to stop this. And you have to stop it now. So as I say, this is the fourth movie in the Jason Bourne uh, movies, the fifth in the franchise. Um, and it's been, what, ten, nine years since the last? Nine years. Yeah. yeah, nine years. And I had a nice retrospective of the three films uh, before I watched this one. All very good. All very good. Uh, I think they get better as the series goes on, in, in my opinion. I think they, uh, the third one is the best of the, of the bunch. Um, wasn't a huge fan of Born Legacy, although it's perhaps not as bad as people, some people, I should say, uh, think it is. I think that's mainly because they were they wanted to see Damon again, but he'd uh, he'd hung up his uh, he'd hung up the old uh, treadstone badge, as it were. Uh, but now he's been brought back again, brought back again because you know Hollywood needs franchises, and Matt Damon needs to earn some money, I guess. I don't I don't know, but uh, but he's back uh, again. Paul Greengrass is back. This is the third film he's directed. Uh, and he's back as well, along with some new casts, including Tommy Lee Jones and Alicia Vikander uh, and Vincent Cassell as the aptly named. Uh, what's it just called? The agent, isn't he? He's not hasn't got he doesn't have the, a, a, the asset, I think. the asset. Yes, the asset. That's it. Not the agent, the asset. Um, so, yeah. So this is again, this is the fourth movie. I, I think with the franchise as a whole, I think they get better as they go on. But I thought I personally, I thought it was done. I know there's many kind of born stories out there. You know, obviously Robert Ludlum wrote many novels and many books and many stories etc um but it was kind of it was kind of done with you know even matt damon kind of said we're done you know there's no more um but i guess there was a fleeting a fleeting moment somewhere where they thought i think there might be one more might be one more that can make lots of money so let's see uh, so here we are uh so in this one uh, we see jason bourne brought back into into play uh, and uh, now into you know a, a changed world, if you like, in the world of cyber terrorism and uh, and all that kind of uh, stuff that goes on in the world. Uh, so I know you were super excited for this, Rowan, as was I. Um, so uh, so are, do you agree with me before we get into the review? Do you agree with the with they get better as they go on, or do you have a do you have a favourite? Um, I think that whilst I would say. Um, uh, supremacy and ultimatum are probably equal in terms of my, my my overall score of the of the films. I do think that supremacy is the better film for beginning to end. I, I think ultimatum is fucking amazing for the first seventy minutes, basically until it catches up with itself. You know, to 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 catch up with supremacy, i.e., up until it gets to New York. I think it's the better film. But I, for me, New York sequence just isn't on the same par level as uh, as what came before it. Um, but what came before it is so good. It doesn't, it by no means ruins a film. Uh, but I think Supremacy overall is is a better film. And Identity is great. I mean, I love Identity. Identity is pretty much just a, it's a, it's a, it's a straightforward thriller. Right? It's just a nuts and bolts thriller um, delivered really, really well. 
Um, and there's, you know, I haven't really got a you know, bad word to say about it. But what Greengrass brought to the, um, the following two films really did elevate it into a into another level. Yeah, it's strange about identity, isn't it? Because when you when you look at oh, for people that don't know the the hit the back history of the the making of that film was quite quite something. You know, it took a it, um you know there was a lot of uh, to and fro with the director and the studio, and they had to reshoot the ending, and it was sort of they were shooting really close to when it was released, and it was kind of all over the place. But out of it. They uh, they salvaged. I think you know it was one of those that came with the reputation of oh this has had production problems it might not be any good and then lo and behold it's actually pretty pretty fucking good. Um, as you say it doesn't it doesn't kind of delve into the it's a pretty straight laced thriller as you say it goes from A to B to C but then you know with the sequels it it, it delves much deeper um, and uh, obviously as you say Greengrass gave it such a good energy but then Doug Liman did a good job and he's got on to do stuff you know obviously Edge of Tomorrow which. We, we inadvertently discussed a few moments ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. was his uh, was his film as well, and he, uh, you know, I think he got a little bit of a reputation after this, didn't after the first one, didn't he, in terms of being difficult? But he's obviously proved since then that he's 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 been pretty good. Mister Mister Smith is good fun as well. He did that good fun. Yeah, I mean, it kind of it was his um, jumping board for for action. You said Mister Mister Smith, and yeah, and that one is rumored to be Edge of Tomorrow too. If that happens. Mm. Um, they say if if it does happen, it will definitely happen with Lyman. Um, you know, he obviously started with Swingers, and that's still my favourite of all Indeed. of his films. I think Swingers it's, is yeah. my absolute favourite. But let, let's not let's not get down the, the Doug Lyman route. Let's go down the paths. Yeah. Let's go down the paths. So, excitement, Rowan. You're excited. You sit down. Jason Bourne. The title, which stays on the screen for quite a while, at <laughs> the beginning. Jason Bourne. It stays there for a few seconds too long. What was your reaction? What did you think? Jason Bourne. Um, ah. So you have to go to come out and say it. So um, <laughs> that was a that was an O that set the tone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this is the most disappointing film of the year for me, no question about it. Um, yeah, it, it just is. I, I I can't pretend anything other than that. It's a massive crushing disappointment, uh, and. You know, I, I was very, very angry about what I saw um, when I left the cinema. This is, this is Wednesday. So this is five days ago now from my recording. Uh, and I think if, if we'd done the podcast, you know, on the Thursday night, Scott, I would have probably had more to say and I would have been more verbose about how I say it. But but now it's come, it's gone. It's, it's I've forgotten a lot about it, to be honest. And a lot of the, I think, the details that really made me angry, I may struggle to recall um, on this on the podcast, but I think for me, it's an interesting film because if you look at it, it you can easily one could easily get fooled by thinking they're watching the same thing as Ultimatum and Supremacy. Okay, it's the same director. It looks the same. It kind of has the same sort of plot beats. It got the same you know principal cast in it. Um, it's got the same score more or less, but. It's all smoke and mirrors because you, you mentioned about, you know, Greengrass about Matt Damon's back. Um, you mentioned somebody else, I think, uh, coming back to the film. But two people that didn't come back are Tony Gilroy, the writer of one and two and, and, and part of three, and Oliver Wood, the director of photography. And it's very easy to take for granted what certain people behind the camera bring or, and what you miss when they're not there. 
Um, so you watch it, yeah, well, it, it looks the same. It's got the a lot of the fast cuts, and it's got it travels the globe, and it's got Matt Damon, and he's you know tough, and he beats people up and stuff. But I think if you really peer behind the curtain of this film, there's for me it's totally different from the other two. It, it may look the same, but underneath it, underneath the bonnet, <laughs> it's uh, it's completely different. So. To say it. I think you look at the action, the action is frantic, like it was in Green Zone. You look at Green Zone, and Green Zone is a film I don't like. I can't, I don't know what the fuck is going on in Green Zone because of the, the term shaky cam. It's all over the place. And the same with this one. Now, you look at the other three, and Oliver Wood, the director of photography, you know, he puts you kind of just outside of the action. Okay, so you can see everything that's going on. It's almost like you're watching it, but in this movie, they've tried to put you like in the fight. It's like Matt Damon and Vincent Cassell are having a three-way fight with you, the audience. You know, when you're doing a car chase, it's like you're in the car smashing into things. And I don't want that. I don't want that from a Jason Bourne film. What Greengrass did with the with his two, he made something as I mentioned before. He he took a great action thriller and then elevated it. Okay, you know, he made it kind of uh, real. Um, he had a, an immediacy to it that the first film didn't so much have. Um, it, it felt very real world, very now. And this film, it feels like they're going back to 2004 and trying to replicate that, but they've forgotten how to do it. It's like a sportsman you know, trying to pick up a football or tennis record or whatever 10 years later, and they just haven't played the game for 10 years. Um, I think you know, look at Greengrass's work. He's moved on since Ultimatum. He's made um, you know, Captain Phillips, which is an amazing film. Um, when when was United ninety three? I can't remember uh, what year that was. But it's almost like you know, he's 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 moved away from this this um, this territory. Now he's coming back, and I just I wonder what he thought or what Matt Damon thought reading the script that this film would bring. To the overall Jason Bourne story, you know, to 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 the, the the franchise that so many people love, because I don't think anybody was crying out for this film. Maybe in you know, two thousand nine, perhaps, but 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 nine years on, I don't think anybody wanted this. Um, and I think about when, when you and I talked about Independence Day. I thought, yeah, I was really looking forward to Independence Day Resurgence because I thought there's no way that the the director and the main stars would come back unless there was really a reason to come back. And that's absolutely what I thought with this one. And I, I don't know, mate, I, I, you know, obviously I'll let you have a turn because I'm doing a lot of talking here, but it just seems to me that there's a skeleton of a story. Um, they're trying again, the fucking thing I hate, same as Spectre, right? They, they bring in this artificial storyline that, that tries to go, back to the beginning and then some to to link it all together to make everything bigger than it once was you know spectre tried to make casino royale and quantum of solace and skyfall all tie into its own story and now this is trying to do the same thing it's trying to it's trying to um um envelop all of or engulf rather all of the other films into it and say we are the big one this is what it's all about this is a major storyline this is where all the emotion is going to come into it but you You've got Matt Damon, who's got like four, 40 lines of dialogue, and that's it. Okay, you've got um, Julia Stiles doing a, a truly atrocious performance. I'm talking wooden, 
would be fantastic compared to this. It's it's terrible. You've got um, action that I can't see what's going on. Um, there's character motivations that make absolutely no sense. You know that the new um, character. Oh, what's her name? You mentioned her name, Vikander, uh, Alicia Vikander. You know, okay, so she's a, she's a rookie. Yet in the next scene, she's leading up an operation. Um, it doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, at least, again, in the other three films, you've got people very, very high up making these important decisions. She's just like this, this rookie analyst, but then she's leading a team of, of agents to hunt down Jason Bourne. You've got lots of people getting killed in this film. Another beautiful thing about um, the previous two Greengrass films is there's not much collateral damage in terms of people getting killed. Yeah, sure, there's, there's deaths. You look at this, this one, the scene in London. How many people get killed there? Four, five people? Just You're just watching people getting taken out, and there's nothing fun about that. Jason Bourne pointing a gun in someone's face. You know, kind of Jack Bauer style. Jack Bauer from the 24 um, TV show, yeah? Just shouting, you know, where's my information? Tell me what I want to know. I'll kill you. That's not, that's not the Jason Bourne I know. That's not the Jason Bourne I want to see. The Jason Bourne I know is someone who keeps a very, very low profile, and he only gets into kind of this fights if he absolutely has to. He's more of a guy who just, you'd, you'd rather you didn't know he was there. You know, he uses everything around him to um, kind of disguise what, what he's trying to do. He's always one step ahead. And I just think this is just showing the same stuff over and over again, but completely diluted. And then, again, if you look at the end sequence, where all the action it kind of funneled because there's not a lot of action going on for this film until we get to the end it is destruction there is absolutely no care for, for human life in this over uh, a set piece it, it, it's, it's spec it's spec not speculation it's a spectacle first um you know cars plowing into other cars michael bay style no one cares about human life and that isn't the born series uh it, that is not the Jason Bourne series, and it, it, it just goes into same old, boring you know, action territory that we've seen dozens of times. It's not interesting, and it to me is a it's a very 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 poor misstep by everybody involved. Well, I'll I'll I'll, I'll start my bit by saying that I I enjoyed it more than you did, but it's not at all in the same league as the other three. <laughs> it's to to to, to you know no make no bones about it um this is this is one of those movies in one of these kind of franchises where it's one too many and as much as you at the beginning before the film thought ah oh, they made another one fantastic i'm excited after you finished your brain tells you it's a disappointment but part of your brain is like you kind of in the back of your head knew it was going to disappoint you on on some level in the sense that it's just one too many it's like the strange thing, I talk about these movies all the time on these podcasts, but you know, like with the Nolan Batman movies, he made that leap of going one, two, three, recircled back on the third one, but concluded the story. Um, whereas with this, it's like, it, it, this is as if Nolan went and made Batman versus Superman. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's, you don't, there's no need for you to do that. There's no reason for you to take that leap um, creatively, artistically, whatever you want to call it. Um and with this, you know, it's got all the right ingredients, as you said. It's got all the things you want to see, but they're the things you don't want to see at the same time because it's just like I've seen this before. I, if you if you were gonna make this movie, for me personally, and I think it's the same for you, I would rather have them not made this movie <laughs> in a strange way. 
Um, it ticks all the boxes. It ticks all the boxes, and some of the stuff in there is fantastic. Um, but it's so, it, well, what's fantastic? Hey, what's fantastic? I'd well, I say I was just about to preface by saying I didn't mean to say fantastic. I meant to say <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to edit that out. No, I didn't mean to say fantastic. Some of the stuff is is very good, good, but it's stuff we have seen before, and it's almost as if they're trying far, far too hard um, to make it fresh by doing stuff like making it even more dis disjointed, not in terms of the story, but in terms of the way it's shot, you know, it's disorientating is the word I meant to say, jarring. We've seen that before. Loads of people have taken that idea and run with it. And when the people who kind of set that tone in the first couple of movies, and then come back and do that, but do it as if they're on, you know, they're turned up to 11, if you like, using the Spinal Tap thing. There was no need, no need to make it. It's like you said with the fight sequences. They're trying to make it as if you're in some weird virtual reality where you're Jason Bourne and you're the one taking the punches. Don't need to see a movie like that. I want to see Jason Bourne doing it, but I've seen it already. And if you're going to make a, a movie like this and bring him back, I want to see something that's fresh and original. Um, and this, this, this isn't, sadly. I mean, it's good. I enjoyed most, you know, some of it. I enjoyed some of it. I kind of liked the the stuff in Las Vegas, but then it's pretty... Really? Well, no, but I'll, again, I'll say that it's pretty hollow considering all the... It essentially becomes just like a revenge thing, not to give any spoilers away, but it's just a pursuit of, I'm going to kill this guy, you know? Um, yeah. And it's all well done because it's green grass and he knows what he's doing, but it's it's so repetitive in its nature that it almost I mean, it almost die as you say it dilutes everything that's good about the combo of Greengrass and Matt Damon in a Bourne movie, you know. So, so Scott, I would say you look at that that Las Vegas sequence. Um, did how should I say this? I might there's a couple. I'm going to do some spoiler talk here. Okay, um, go for it. So, so I think we need to. So we'll I'm not going to go into we'll too put, much detail. We'll put the I'll put the sign up at the beginning, but. Another yeah, sort of spoilers. There we go. But uh, there's a scene in the movie where Matt Damon goes to Las Vegas and he goes to this conference yep. room, and there's literally a bowl full of cameras, <laughs> and he picks one up. There's 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 free gad, and that's what he's using. That is our Jason Bourne, our hero. That that that's the best they could do for that for the for the <laughs> sequence, this ending, this nine year. Uh, this is hiatus. Jason, that? Jason Bourne in the GoPro era. <laughs> yeah. That's the best they could do. You know, what's Tommy Lee Jones doing there? I know they write in the story, but it's so, it's so unbelievable what's going on. And the whole thing with the the tech guy, you know, and, and building the, the yeah, cloud yeah, platform, yeah, yeah. And, you yeah. know, the, the, the kind of Facebook type thing. Yeah, it goes nowhere. And I thought that could be an interesting thing, you know, an interesting storyline. But it's there to say, you know, this is what the the government is doing now. And that's it. It goes nowhere. You know, they talk about, you know, assassinating him or whatever. But who is he? I don't No one knows who he is. No one cares. He's supposed to have a, a relationship or a history with the um, Alicia Vikander. And that goes nowhere. Uh, it's just it's just the whole thing seems so loose and just as if they made it up on the day. As, but what did you think of the car chase at the end? It's like Fast and Furious style of of unwanted care and again that's not jason bourne look at the so i'm, I'm getting a bit excited here because I, I am angry about it look at the end of supremacy okay i watched i watched Bourne supremacy again uh last week 
And then when the film finished, I rewatched the car chase sequence again because I couldn't believe how good it was. Um, hadn't seen the film for a couple of years. And I rewound it to a bit where Bourne, he's in a taxi. It's at the taxi. And he asked this, this old woman where this young girl lives. And it, the, the entire reason he's in Moscow is to see the daughter of the, the, her, her mother and father who he killed. Yeah, that's the only reason he's there. He doesn't know that people are after him or he doesn't specifically know that they're after him. He gets out the taxi, the taxi drives away, and this sequence just starts. And it's this fantastic build-up of Bourne knowing that, oh shit, the tables are turned, I need to get out, I need to get out now. And it's this brilliant, brilliant build-up of just scene after scene of Bourne trying to stay one step ahead. He gets shot, which slows him down. This guy trying to chase him, he, you know, he, gets, he uses the vodka, he uses... Um, something else i'm sure in, in one of these scenes oh yeah yes he goes to the supermarket grabs a like a rag and a vodka and something else he knows exactly what he needs he gets into a taxi you know he starts they start driving through and you notice he's not crashing into people and no cars are kind of smashing into one another um the only time he ever hits a car is when he absolutely has to he will crash into he will hit a bumper for that car to move out his way he's not smashing into them um and it, the, the direction and like it's it's shot for shot perfection of how to shoot an action sequence. There's, there's no two ways about it. If you look at Paul Greengrass's shot coverage and that finale, it's fucking it's a masterpiece. It's an absolute masterpiece. And it looks for all the world that it's frantic and it's it's edited with the end of its life. If you break it down, it's absolute perfection. And how that score builds and builds and builds, and then it's just this final one crash. The tables or the cars have literally turned round, and it's that one crash that ends it all. You look at the sequence in Ultimatum in Tangiers when he's, you know, they're going from him and what's her name, Julia Stiles, I can't remember the character's name, Nikki. That's it, Nikki. They're going to try and they're trying to go and find this guy. The mission ends because he gets blown up. He doesn't stop there. Born then knows that Nikki is a target. So again, he's on the back foot. He's having to chase after her while someone else is chasing after her. It's got like three-way chase going on. Born on the rooftops, the guy on the ground, Nikki, young girl, vulnerable. Born jumping through the, the windows, the way the camera follows him in, uh, and a quick cut where you have to, otherwise it'd be you know CGI uh, territory. And then he does all that, and then how he jumps in to that final window just before the guy's going to pull the trigger, and that fight happens. Again, a fantastic fight, close quarters. Doesn't take that long. It's, it's brutal, but it's believable. And it's just a fantastic sequence, absolute masterclass. The scene in Waterloo, again, you're born using his surroundings, you telling this, guiding this guy through a busy uh, underground station. Brilliant. Uh, but there's, and then you, in this one, the, the finale is what? It's just cars being plowed into. We're talking 30, 40, 50 people must be dead. Because of what happens in this film, I know it's not born doing the driving, but it's a, it's it's the mentality of the filmmaker that says we're going to titillate the audience by showing them all these cars being crashed into. But that isn't what you've built this premise on. It's not how you've built this fantastic uh, series. The reason why they were so good because they didn't have scenes like that. They 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 avoided that that kind of crap, and the tone is so serious. The tone of the film is so serious, as it should be, but sometimes you can get away with carnage 
if you've got a bit of a you know a bit of a silly or you know uh fun fun tone let's call it fun you know look at the sequence in bad boys 2 okay it's it's crazy i know but it the characters the there's wise cracking going on you know there's back and forth between the characters it's very very over the top and you're supposed to say this never happened but i'm enjoying it because of the tone the tone of this is so serious and i'm thinking this is utter madness he drives a car on top of another car what the fuck is going on there it's it's lunacy to me how how green grass could have uh, thought this was a decent action sequence for this particular franchise blows my mind yeah, it's 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 very true. It's 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 surprisingly by the numbers as well in terms of its like scripts and stuff like that, which wasn't ever kind of the point with Bourne. It always kind of, as you say, stretched itself to be, uh, you know, have 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 something fresh and and different to say about the 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 you know those kind of movies. You know, like obviously Bond had become something else, <clears throat> and then these movies came along and were were a big kind of you know fireball if you like that 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 made action movies fun again but also compelling and uh and interesting uh whereas this one's kind of not it's kind of uh, the thing you said about the 24 episode that kind of rings true in a way in the sense that it's a really kind of adequate 24 episode as you say with with jack bauer shouting and stuff like that when you get to like season four and season five when it's just getting to that point where you're thinking yeah this can't go on for much longer i've kind of had enough i kind of had enough of it you know um and didn't give it the shot in the arm, if you like, that 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 you that you thought, um, because you know there's 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 decent bits to this, but on the whole, it's just exactly the same, and it, it doesn't really go anywhere. And the you know some of the characters are just very poorly written. It's like Lisa Vikander, she's a good actress and stuff, but I just didn't didn't really buy her as a as a CIA person <laughs> yeah. or anything like that. And that's yeah. no who wishes to her. It's just, um, although I will say as well, when I saw the credits. Greengrass wrote this film with the guy who's the editor of the film. Yeah, I don't know if that what that yeah. says about it, but um, obviously Damon was involved as well. But um, but yeah, it's so it's so kind of I don't know what's the word rudimentary if you like in the sense that it's just yeah. it just hits all the beats it needs to without doing a lot. And the Bourne movies were never about that. The Bourne movies were about much much more than that. Um, I just think that there's no like... for me there's there's no tension in the film. Yeah, no, I never yeah. felt yeah. tense at all. Um, it's almost like you know what's coming, and maybe you, you know, okay, it's a fourth Jason Bourne film, so maybe you should know what to expect. You should, you should never know what's coming. And again, I don't want to spoil it, but the the scene in Greece, which I do think is good, I think the film is perfectly fine for the first twenty five minutes, maybe up until they leave Greece. It's like, yeah, yes, this is going, this is okay. We're back on familiar territory. Um, I like that. I like setting a chase sequence against the uh, this riot that's going on. Um, it's, it, it makes sense, and, the, uh, and it, it's dark, and it's hard to see what's going on at times. But that does reflect the uh, the atmosphere of of that moment, and and I like that. Uh, and you know, how that scene ends, I think it's pretty obvious how that scene was going to end. And I, and I, I you know, I'm not a sort of person. I don't guess how what's going to happen in the film. I don't. That's not my my mind doesn't work that way when I'm watching a film. I just I, I rarely ever think ahead. <laughs> Uh, but I'm watching this thinking, this is all pointing to one thing, and I hope it isn't what I think it is, and it was. And, you know, that's completely new. I've never guessed what's going to come in, in any of the three films before this. 
it's, just, it's weird. It just seems like it's just telegraphed what's happening. Um, it's just, again, so by the numbers, so plain in its storytelling, in its direction. Uh, I don't know, mate. I, uh, this is on the back of Captain Phillips, which was my number one film of, of that year, a film which moved me to my absolute core. You know, I was I literally cried at the end of Captain Phillips because I couldn't fucking believe how good this cinematic experience was for me. Couldn't believe what I'd just seen. Loved every second of that film. And then, you know, Paul Greengrass delivers this. And it's, is this the same guy? What's going on? I just don't know what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, mate, I'm, uh, just, it's by no means a terrible film. I think, it's, I think it's a pretty terrible Jason Bourne film compared to the other ones. But it's by no means, you know, on the grand scheme of things, it's by no means a terrible film. But it's just exceptionally disappointing uh, in, in every department, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned. In a, in a summer of disappointments, Rowan. <laughs> exactly. No, no, seriously, though. You're right. You're right in saying that. In a summer of disappointments, <clears throat> you expect or you hope, or at least I hope, you know, that bringing something back, bringing something back that was really, really, really good uh, back again, you, you have to have the expectation that it's going to be at least on par with the last film. I think you have to. You have to expect that. You should expect that. You should demand that. You should demand that. And for it to not even be half as good as as any of the previous films, Greengrass or not, is to me it's almost unacceptable. And you say you talk about disappointments. Yeah, we talk about this every week, or at least it seems that I'm like a broken record. I talk about how disappointing all these films are to me every single week. I really, really thought Jason Bourne would buck that trend. I really, really thought that this would be the action thriller that I've been looking forward to all this year, and it just didn't do it. Uh, you know, and I, I don't want to, you know, talk about other franchises, but if you look at something like the Mission Impossible, you know, at least in that series, they're trying to do something that you didn't see in the last film, you know, bringing in new directors, new set pieces, uh, new, new characters that are a lot of fun to, to be with, and they're not just rinse and repeat, you know, they're trying to make each one different. And with this one, it was it was more of the same, but kind of just on autopilot. I just can't see how anybody could want that or how anybody could make that mistake of, of doing it. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, just a crushing disappointment. I say by no means a bad, you know, bad film by definition, but I've got so little to recommend uh, to anyone listening uh, who loves the other ones. You know, I think it's it's very easy to mistake this for a good film, but it it really really isn't. As a as a standalone film, you there might be a you know more of a a bigger incentive to be more positive, but because it comes from a long line of a three movie line of such great movies, two of which are fantastic, you expected much much more, and you you get what you want. But that's not essentially what you wanted. It's you wanted more. You wanted different. You wanted fresh and exciting. With the same people, you can still get that. But now that you've seen it, it's one of those things where you think, was it was it something we needed? If this was just, if this was going to be the result, if you like, if as you yeah, said, I mean, with Mission Impossible, yeah. you get different directors, different writers, a freshness. Yeah, you still yeah, they, 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 the they don't line. they don't link into each other, right? You know, you can watch Ghost Protocol and, and not know anything 
about yeah, yeah. the other ones. In this one, you are you you absolutely have to have a connection to the previous storyline because how it links in. You know, you you, you have to. Um, so I think it's for me. I you, know, you just mentioned that on its own it, it might be okay. I really don't think it is. I, I can't I can't watch this film. Or I doubt I can watch this film and <clears throat> separate it from the others. Yeah. You well, know, yeah, true. Because Very... it, it, it's in, it's intrinsically, um, you know, uh, attached to it. it. It's got the same DNA as the others. It really has because the storyline. You know, look at the James Bond movie. You can watch one James Bond movie, or at least on the older ones, because now everything has to be fucking linked. Of course, if you go back to pre Daniel Craig, you can watch any of those on their own and just enjoy it for what it is. Because uh, they're very rarely linked to anything else. But with, you know, with Jason Bourne, this, literally Jason Bourne, this film, it, it's absolutely linked to it. And and I don't like seeing, you know, once good story that, that was absolutely closed, closed off. You know, it was an open-ended story at the end of Ultimatum. He'd done what he had to do. You know, he'd he'd gone on this mission. He'd he'd partly remembered who he is. They came after him. He said, oh, "If you come after me, I'll bring you down." They did that. He's a man of his word. He brought the whole thing down. Treadstone, Blackfriar, it ended. And this film brings it all up again because something is linked to something which links to him. And as you say, it basically becomes a revenge mission. Not good enough. Not good enough by any stretch of the imagination. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Sorry. If they'd have, if they'd have, I think if they'd have made a film that brought Bourne back, but in a different way and wasn't then about the next thing on top of everything else was something different then yeah i'm all for it or if it was the start of another kind of linked story if you like that they had a couple of movies that but it was a different story and brought him back for a different reason then then fine but if you're going to bring him back for the same stuff over and over again it's just going to get to a point where you just think i can't it's going to be the opposite it's going to be well, i can't stand these anymore <laughs> i can't watch these movies it's anymore because they're just diluting what's come before and just repeating everything and that just makes it great on you and it's not what you wanted um so as you say it's it's it does everything that it should do and does it well but that's not necessarily or isn't what we wanted you know and isn't something you can wholly recommend because it's just stuff you've seen before and for a fourth movie you you want to see some new ground being broken definitely Uh, and i I wouldn't even say you know i wouldn't even say it does it well you know, that, that's my opinion. I don't think it does the action well. I don't think it does the storytelling well. I don't think it does any of the character motivations well mm. that the film does. You know, it's it's very safe. I will say that much. Oh yeah, film. very safe. It yeah, very safe. It doesn't take any risks either. As the, yeah, there is no there risk. is no risk to this film. It's just another. It's almost as if uh, the studio have said we need to make a Jason Bourne movie. We want to make another one, but just needs to have certain things that people want to see like fan service if you like of a strange way you know this isn't a a big franchise in terms of a, a comic book or anything like that but it's it it obviously they wanted it to do certain things and it, it does and if that's what you want then great you're gonna have a good time but if 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 um you wanted to see something that is kind of the same but told in a fresh way and given a fresh perspective and given something interesting to do then you're going to be disappointed, as as I think some people have been, um, and so have we, <laughs> in a in a way. Uh, so let's 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 wrap up then with final thoughts. Rowan, have at it. Um, well, you know, as I said, um, 
it's the most disappointing film of the year for me. By no means the worst. Don't get me wrong. It's it's but it's just terribly terribly disappointing. And I there's just not a lot to recommend. There really isn't a lot to recommend for me. Uh, and it has the franchise low. When I say the franchise, I mean the Bourne franchise, including Legacy in that. It has the 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 low point of the franchise with the Las Vegas action sequence. Um, I I felt really uh, uh, dejected at the end of that. Really just low shoulders, sunk down, head low whilst watching it. I couldn't believe what I was watching. I could not believe it. So, yeah, the, the most disappointing film of the year by quite a stretch. Two, two and a half stars, which I know it sounds like I'm, do, I'm doing a, a one star review here. No, I'm not doing that, but you know, it's watchable. It's watchable, but uh, I don't have a lot to recommend. So yeah, two and a half. Yeah, I was do I was at two and a half slash three. Uh, even if I was to say three, that's not a positive three. Until you know, it's a three star if you like, but a disappointing three star for what has come before. Um, so, but yeah, two and a two point seven five, let's say. Um, but on you know guns ahead as it were three stars but barely just barely and that's dis- a, a huge disappointment uh not the most disappointing film of the year but it is definitely you know behind my most disappointing film of the year as the, maybe the second or third most disappointing film of the year probably the second most disappointing film of the year of the summer especially um had such high hopes high hopes and again we are not saying it's shit it is worthwhile watching but don't expect what has come before in terms of quality but it's still definitely something to see in the cinema and definitely something to to go and see on the big screen with you know good sound system etc but it's uh it has to go down as a disappointment very sadly um but it's not we're not talking about one stars are we it sounds like we are talking about yeah it's awful one stars this isn't this isn't you know this isn't independence day realms <laughs> Uh, so there we go from one disappointment uh, let's move on to uh, the second film I'm going to talk about which is uh, Finding Dory the sequel to Pixar's uh, 2003 mega hit uh, before we delve in of course here's a quick clip wait, wait wait no I know where my parents are they're in um, oh, what's it called the place uh, soap and lotion open, open ocean. ocean open ocean open ocean I know where that is that's the exhibit located right next to I don't care easy <gasps> If you're trying to get to the open ocean exhibit, just go through the pipes. Through the pipes, great. Through the pipes? Yep, take two lefts, swim straight, and you'll hit it. Oh, that's a lot of directions. That's. Did you get that, Hank? All, all that? Uh, yeah. Great, let's go. I'm not going with you. I won't fit. You have to go by yourself. Um. Uh, that's. That. I'm. I see, I can't because I'm I'm not so good with directions. Well, that's too bad. A deal's a deal. You wanted to find your parents? That's how you get to them. Now give me your tag. But Hank, I, I can't go in the pipes alone. I- I'll forget where I'm going. Not my problem. Tag. So, uh, Finding Dory uh, sees the return of Dory and Nemo and Marlin and uh, a few other characters and some new characters that Pixar have thrown in. Uh, Hank the octopus, or should I say septopus, um, and uh, Sigourney Weaver. In a in a strange uh, sounds strange that Sigourney yeah. Weaver's in it, but she is in it as Sigourney Weaver. But you'll have to see the film to to find out how she uh, how she is involved in this film. Uh, Rome, were you a fan of Finding Nemo when uh, when it first came out? 
Um, I didn't watch Finding Nemo until Wednesday of last week for the first time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There you go. What did you think of Finding Nemo? Uh, yeah, I liked it. It's a really, really nice, sweet film with a, I think it's got a fantastic uh, adventure quality to it. Um, you know, great message for kids about, you know, who who your father is and you know, his parents, you know, who, who your child is and let them you know, be their own person, let them go and let them you know, discover things on their own. And it's okay to, literally, it's okay to let go. Um, yeah, so I, I had a hell of a lot of fun with it. But not my not my favorite of pixar films but it is really good i don't know i'm glad i've seen it you know 13 years that i uh years didn't, bother, didn't bother watching it so uh, yeah it's, it's a very very good film yeah it's one of my favorite it's not my favorite but it is one of my favorite uh pixar films finding nemo and you know they have a track record of doing sequels that aren't quite as good you know cars 2 monsters university not quite at the same level so obviously this is those. This is such a big, um, such a favourite with so many people that it's obviously you go into a sequel with quite with trepidation because their their history of sequels isn't great. I mean, Toy Story apart, I guess uh, the sequels of Toy Story are, are very very good. But now they're doing a fourth one, which again, like Jason Bourne, which I was talking about, it's like, do we do, do really do we need another one that finished? Isn't it almost like Jason Bourne, isn't it? Toy Story, it's yeah. like it's finished, it's finished. What's gonna happen? It'll just be cre- it'll just be called Woody. Just be called Woody and Buzz, <laughs> the college years or something. I don't know, something stupid. Anyway, I'm oh, sorry, um, not not to harp on about Jason Bourne, but what a shit title, by the way. Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne. It doesn't even. I mean, just think of the the title alone is bad. Just call it Jason Bourne. It's fine. Just just go with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the yeah, Bourne. I, the Bourne what? The Bourne what? Obviously, I mean, Greengrass must must have been pissed. That the the born legacy was taken because yeah legacy would have been the perfect title for that yeah. right yeah absolutely perfect he would have been absolutely furious but surely there's a there must be a word in the English language that you could put after the born to to give to that film what a shit piss poor title and also I'm sorry I'm hijacking finding Dory to 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 rant again but didn't you think the marketing material for Jason Bourne was really bad. Have you have you seen a good poster for that film? It's all about Damon's face, hit. isn't it? It's like Tom Cruise. It's just about Damon's face. No, no, face. but that, that's the teaser. I'm talking about the the, the poster. Where it's him and and the girl. Oh yeah. Stood there with, like, yeah. Guns pointing. Terrible. What what message is that sending out? Oh, guns. It's just telling you. It's just saying this is generic action movie st- stuff. Generic action movie title. Generic action movie poster. And that's it. It, it. Sorry to go back over it, but I had to. Have you to sure mention you want that. to talk about Nima uh, Dory? <laughs> I just want to carry on about Jason Bourne. It's just honestly, just so disappointing. Anyway, carry on. Okay. <laughs> carry on. So, Finding Dory is out this week. You saw Nemo very recently, so you saw it very close together. You uh, obviously, I w- rewatched Nemo, but I saw Dory a long time ago. It seems now, a long time ago, about eight weeks ago, seven weeks ago, a long time ago. Finding Dory. Um, so did it did it match up for you, Rowan, or was it better or was it worse? Uh, well, uh, it was... it's that it's that <laughs> it's that O again. Where's that O come, Rowan? You you're just killing me. <laughs> Uh, I I liked I liked it for the most part Um, I definitely don't think it's it hasn't got the heart for me of of Finding Nemo it hasn't got the uh, that just genuine 
no genuine as well. I don't think it's a genuine as finding Nemo. Um, it's probably an, uh, again yet another unneeded sequel. I don't really think the film adds a lot to its characters, you know. But yeah, maybe I'm reading it in too much. Into well, sorry, maybe I'm reading into it too much because you know it, it is a Pixar film. It is for kids, etc. But I do think you know Pixar is is the it's the the creme de la creme of of animation, right? So I think you have to hold it up to its own standards. I think the film is fine uh, for a while. I do think think it runs out of steam way, way before the end. Uh, way before the end, which isn't a good sign when the film is only like an hour and 35 minutes or something. Uh, yeah, it, I think it's fine, Scott. I, I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, I don't think it has the, the emotion of Finding Nemo at all. Finding Nemo has got by far the best shot of any of these two films. There's a scene in Finding Nemo where... Uh, well, I can't remember who it is. Someone is telling Nemo about his dad and what his dad is doing. He's crossing the, the all the oceans uh, to to get to his son, and, and the, the camera is just looking at Nemo from above, and he's looking up at us, and it's it's pure admiration for his father. And for me, that is the shot of of finding Nemo. That's the absolutely best shot of finding Nemo. And that, that encapsulates the entire thing. Just that fantastic sight of a of a, of a son learning about his father's true character especially when they they parted on bad ways uh you know my dad is a real hero sort of thing um and i don't think this film had any of that heart and if it does it's very very obvious um it, it doesn't have that kind of you know, that that shot for me um that, that encapsulates the, the film in, in in one in one shot uh i think it's a lot more aimed at smaller children this one uh i think the stuff you know the i love the adventure of finding nemo going from from one part of the world to another this one obviously doesn't have that because they get stuck at this uh this zoo for a while i'm not zoo what is it like a whatever it's called um there this i think the stuff of the octopus uh, the octopus is a nice additional character but i do think they really 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 stretch uh his character and what he can do um I, and also, you know, I mentioned it before, that I think the bit at the end, once the Dory story, there's a rhyme for you, once the Dory story is concluded, all that stuff that happens after us with the, the van, and the, I, I, I really did not like that at all. But I know, Scott, this is your one of your very favourite films of the year, so I'm not shitting on it. <laughs> uh, I think it's perfectly fine. I liked it. Uh, but for me, it's certainly not as good as Finding Nemo. Uh, well, yeah, that's that's good though. You liked it at least. You yeah, liked it. I liked it. It's, I would definitely definitely recommend it. There's no doubt about that. Definitely <laughs> recommend it, especially for you know families and stuff. Yeah, uh, summer holidays, perfect, perfect. Uh, I will say everybody that there's fireworks going on in the vicinity of my house. So <laughs> apologies if you hear uh, fireworks. Uh, that's, that's fireworks good on this podcast. Obviously, uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's obviously from Rowan. Someone agrees with Rowan's review of Jason Bourne. <laughs> Set off the fireworks. He agrees. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I loved Funny Dory. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, you know, as I say, I, I went into this with quite low expectations actually, because the sequels. Because uh, my favorite is Monsters Inc. So the sequel to Monsters Inc. and it wasn't particularly good. 
Uh, it's okay, but it's not it's not great. So, apart from Toy Story, the sequels haven't been very very good, and you know, just just maybe you know again we're talking about these kind of movies like you know in terms of telling a story and closing that story. Pixar do that very well in one movie. They've made a couple of movies that could do sequels, like The Incredibles, because it's like a superhero movie, but strangely with dory you think there's is there much to tell with dory it's kind of closed but i think the the way that they've done it um is is it was done fantastically well and i i i think it's one of their um best outside of toy story is probably the best sequel they've done um you know they embrace the dory character they give her her own adventures yes it, it it's not as good as finding nemo and it doesn't as you say the it does have the heart but it doesn't reach past a certain age if you know what i mean you know this is a strictly kids film if you like the first one had a few more kind of adult themes in there if you like or at least you know teenagers and all that kind of stuff maybe this one is a little bit too cutesy if you like if you use that word um very aimed at the younger younger audience but i uh but i did i did for what it was i did i think it was fantastic um it's not the best animated film of the year i don't think uh i think it's maybe the second best animated film of the year uh they're both disney so who cares everything's disney these days so it's fine um but I thought they did a great job of creating a story for Dory, of her going to find her her parents and and uh, adding some new characters. I really liked Hank a lot, uh, Ed O'Neill. Fantastic, big fan of him from Married with Children. So he uh, he was very very good. Uh, I you know the stuff with the parents was was very good as well. I thought uh, love Eugene Levy. Is there anything with Eugene Levy in? Gets my vote. Um, but he's not in it a lot. Uh, and I really found the Sigourney Weaver stuff really funny really funny i think my my problem with it was that it, it was it felt too long and the you know it's it's as you say it's much more of i think you said it i can't remember if you did say it but it's it's much more comedic and a little bit more slapstick than the first one you know it it, it does go for the comedy much much more than say the heart no it doesn't go for for the heart but it, towards the end in that last sequence on the uh in the truck very very slapstick and it almost doesn't quite suit the rest of the film in a strange way and i think they did maybe too much with it towards the end um so that was the only disappointing thing for me but otherwise i had a i had a great time um i apologize in terms of my review here because i saw it a hell of a long time ago it seems i saw it in june in the, at the edinburgh film festival so it's it's going on two months now so um but i think it it does it does what it's what it does very very well and it's it's very very funny in places um tries to be too funny in places but uh it is very very funny it's very you know very warm um but it is slightly more askewed um not askewed uh aimed at the younger audience rather than you know adults they will have adults will have a good time but it's probably more forgettable for adults than it is for kids kids will have an absolute quote unquote whale of a time <laughs> i mean i'm here all week don't worry i'm here all week um tip your waitress um but uh but i think for what it is i think i think it's fantastic and i i really really enjoyed it um and uh i look forward to seeing it again when it comes out on blu-ray i'm sure it will look amazing on blu-ray i'm sure it will um and it's you know it hasn't been released in the uk it's been released in the uk for a couple of days it's already made about 800 million dollars <laughs> before it's even arrived in the uk so uh we may have another one who knows who knows we're getting a toy story 4 anything's possible um please not a toy story 4 it's finished you know what's weird about toy story 4 is that you know that moment at the end of toy story 3 that's so so sad uh you know the bit where they're in the fire in the furnace and they're gonna get burnt and they will hold hands and you think oh my god oh my god 
it's just that, that the power of that scene is just kind of lost now because they're making a fourth movie. It's just, ah, oh, just no need. Make Incredibles 2 and show everybody how you make a Fantastic Four film because <laughs> no one seems to be able to make a Fantastic Four film. Or do something original, you know, Pixar, very original. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm rambling. I'm going to stop. Um, so, yeah, I to, to surmise, I did love Finding Dory. Uh, it's not perfect. But uh, for what it is, I did like it a hell of a lot. Uh, so I gave it four stars. And Rowan, I think you're probably going to give it a three stars. No, I'll go three and a half. Three and a half. I, I, good. I do think, yeah, I, I think it's fun. You know, it's 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 fun. Yes, it it's, is fun more than anything. else. It is a lot of fun, and uh, you know, I, I can criticise bits here and there, but that would be to uh, to undermine the fun factor. And it really is. It's, it's got a good heart to it. Yeah. Um, the animation looks fantastic. Um, you know, you, you're going to have a good. I, I can't imagine anybody watching this, you know, coming away feeling really cynical about the whole thing. Yeah. I, I do think it's easy. To, I do think it's very easy for Pixar to make this film, as it is to make Toy Story four and Monsters University and Cars three and all that sort of stuff. And I just, I, I would like to see them taking more risks, like Inside Out. Inside Out. Yeah. Not a film yes, I yep. loved. I liked it. I wouldn't love it as much as a lot of other people did. But it's it's wholly original, and and that's you know kind of what you, you I, I guess that's what you used to associate Pixar with until all the the sequels came about. Uh, you know they, they were making money for fun, but they were showing audiences and families stuff they just simply hadn't seen before. But now all these sequels, they're making money for fun, but they're not showing you stuff you haven't seen before. You know, yeah. and I, I, they're taking the easy route, what I, what I consider to be the easy route, and none of these sequels are better than their predecessors mm. uh and you would imagine someone like pixar all the fantastic creative energy that there must be at that studio they must have something better to better, they must have a better story to tell than finding dory that's all i mean and it's perfectly fine there must be something better out there than, than this indeed indeed a good place to bring it to a close uh the old podcast i forgot what i was going to say then i lost the word uh well that's another episode wrapped up uh thank you rowan morby for your for your time as ever i know you're busy with lifting weights or whatever it is you do on your <sighs> on your monday nights and eating eating lean chicken although i did have a chicken salad today because i'm trying to be healthy uh but uh, yes <laughs> sorry to drag you away from from such things um okay. but uh where can people follow you on the twitter sphere well, you may as well follow me at Rohan MM. Uh, I'd love for the people's thoughts on Jason Bourne. Uh, people who, especially people who thought it was fantastic, I'd love to know why. Uh, let me know at Rohan MM. Uh, and you can follow me at Scott Wright's Film, and you can follow us at Flick Myth Pod. And uh, yes, we're hoping to do some more interactivity with you guys that listen to us. You know, send us your thoughts, your comments. You can follow us on Twitter. Did you enjoy Jason Bourne? Did you not enjoy Jason Bourne? Let us know. Let us know on those Twitter handles. Uh, you can also follow the podcast on iTunes and on SoundCloud. And, of course, you can follow uh, all the episodes and previous episodes there and also over at flickerandmyth.com. Uh, we will be back next week to talk about something that Rowan's very excited about. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad is upon us, finally. Very exciting. Are you excited, Rowan, for Suicide Squad? I know, you know, we talked about this last week, I think, and uh, I'm saying that 
the the marketing material does have me interested insofar as I'm hoping it's not just going to be the same old comic book shit that turns me off. I, I'm hoping this is going to be a unique comic book speech. I mean, unique as in, you know, the, the current cinematic landscape of comic book movies. I'm hoping this is going to be the one that defies the rules that say we're our own film, we have our own vision, we're going to tell our story our own way, and we're not going to be in the middle of setting up sequels and bringing in other characters just for the sake of setting up a, a cinematic universe. That is what I'm hoping. If it isn't that, then I'll probably you know dislike it like I do the rest of them. <laughs> I'm really, really hoping that this isn't the case. And, and I've seen the trailer loads of times now because it's always on the cinema, and normally I, you know, I look away from the trailers, but for this one, I've, I keep watching it, and each time I'm thinking, yeah, this this really could be my surprise of the of the year. It could you be. Know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people looking forward to it. So for them, it's not going to be a surprise. Hope it's going to be, you know, it's going to exactly what they wanted to. But mm. you know, quite a movie for me. I don't know so much. But I think we we talked about the other when we did Captain America. You know, I, I think I'm officially checked out of the whole Marvel cinematic universe thing. I'm just I'm out. I have no interest anymore. I'm really hoping Suicide Squad pulls me into this new universe. But we will see. But that's my hope. Yes, I think it's got a lot of people talking, definitely. I think a lot of people are interested because it is different. It's not a sequel. It's not a, you know, a, 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 a you know midsection for something. Even I know it obviously leads into this DC universe, but it is its own entity. And uh, what's got people interested, the fact that it's all bad guys as well. And a lot exactly. of people didn't know what Suicide Squad is whether it was a thing or not. Um, so it'll be interesting to see a lot of characters that haven't been on the screen before, the likes of Deadshot and Harley Quinn and Killer Croc from the old Batman DC canon. So it'll be interesting. It's interesting. The marketing it has been fantastic for this film, uh, and I think that's why it's going to do a lot of money, and I think it's got a lot of people interested, particularly skeptics like yourself, Rowan, who have, uh-huh. who have had enough of superhero movies who are kind of checked out of it, same as you. There's, there's plenty of them. Uh, and if you look, I think if you watch the box office of a lot of the movies, they're slowly, slowly coming down a little bit from from wherever it was before. Uh, and this could be, you know, for a lot of people, not obviously not you, not you, Rowan, but for a lot of people, Deadpool was a, a nice shot in the arm. Uh, this could be the one for you, Rowan. This could be your shot in the arm where you think, wow, they are capable of something very different and very unique. The jury is out. Although I I do keep forgetting it's directed by David Ayer who I don't like. Anyway, let's, let's see what it's like. Well, let's see what it's like. There we go. There we go. Yes. The jury is still out, but, uh, but yes, it will be interesting. Be interesting. It, it's certainly interesting. It's got a lot of people interested and, uh, uh, we will hopefully be here to give you a positive review, but you'll have to join us on the next episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, same, same bat time, same bat channel. Join us on the next episode where we discuss Suicide Squad. Until then, take care and goodbye. <laughs> Great stuff, guys. This has been a Flickering Myth Podcast Network production. For more information, head over to flickeringmyth.com for more shows like it. Find this show in iTunes by searching for the podcast name and head over to youtube.com forward slash flickering myth to subscribe to the Flickering Myth movie show. We'll see you on the next podcast. Take care. Bye bye.